Welcome everyone to another episode of how the hell did this go number one? But this is a really easy answer. How the hell did this go number one? Because it's a fucking awesome song. I think it is. I, I think. And Andrew Tessman, Brad Nelson, you, this is a good one. This is to me. And I, I look forward to your response. One of the greatest rock songs of the 1950s. And Andrea, this was your choice. Yeah, I I mean, it's one of those songs that just, I, I don't know of anyone that can hear it without having a smile on their face. Like, it's goofy, but also good. Like, people classify it as a novelty song, but I don't... I don't see really, it that way. No, because it's a, it's a beautiful beautiful bastard child of rock and R&B that that line while that line was still close enough that you could commingle a little bit whereas shortly after I think that the rock and R&B genres kind of went very divergent ways but this just the timing of it was perfect for for just being a really great song I think what makes a lot of this work is, well, first off, you've got the tandem of Lieber and Stoller. I don't think, I, I don't know if we've talked about them before. But Surprisingly, I don't think we have, yeah. which is strange considering how many number one hits they've written. A shit ton. And maybe we've covered one of them before. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, but you've got pretty much these two little nerdy white guys who were these genius in terms of lyric writing. And that's what we have here. Uh, what this is all the, this is a song that would work in any generation, lyrically anyway, to a point. I mean, like the style of it. Maybe not the lyrics. I should. I should. Oh, you know, the the, yeah. the thought behind it is exactly the same as let's say "Fight for Your Right to Party." Yes. Yeah. You know. Yes. So it, yeah, the, well, the, yeah, the the underlying message of the song is timeless. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is essentially your parents are annoying. And if you don't do your shit, you're not going to get to do shit. Oh, yakety yak. Don't talk back. <laughs> hey, you ain't going to rock and roll no more. <laughs> no, no, actually. And it is it is great. I mean, uh, the, the two hit makers put this song together and then the coasters perform it. And the coasters are, you know, top of their game at this time, mm -hmm. uh, and they remain so. I mean, they they keep out churning out some some great music, um, and it's it's interesting too that the the sax in this song mm -hmm. inspired one of my favorite saxophone solos ever. Oh shit! I know where you're going with this. Absolutely, it it inspired Yakety Sax, mm -hmm. which and is not know. surprising given the name. Yeah, and you know you can't picture that without picturing this gay British man chasing some you know topless women on was the BBC. Benny Hill gay? Benny Hill was gay. He was. He was gay. I didn't know that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And yet he gave us all something to aspire to—to to be the pervy old man chasing topless women. I'm still stuck on him being gay. Really? Yeah. Part of the reason why um, Family Guy keeps using Stewie and making fun of that bit. Huh. Well, look at that. I, I had no idea. It's it, because it, no, I just because like he's one of those guys I keep every, every now and then I, I run across something that says how why Benny Hill should have been canceled. 
<laughs> no, oh. I had no idea. That, that's actually awesome. so many reasons. Benny Hill would never make it on the air today, but could probably do very well on Pornhub. That, that's very true. But you know, you go back to that that sax thing. That is by King Curtis. Yes, he is a legend. And Absolutely. I I think out of all these legends, I mean, Coaster's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Lieber Solar, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, King Curtis. I'm not sure if he is. He should be. If I believe he was maybe in 2000. Was it okay? Inducted. Yeah. I think I think I read somewhere that he he was fairly recently, but yeah. okay. He and walked that sax, man. He made that thing work. And think about this. So this would have been what 58 or 59. I'm not sure. It doesn't matter what year. Hmm? 58. 58. Okay. There was very few songs that had this tempo in 1958. So you've got the tempo, you've got the lyrics that appeal to somebody. And even if you're someone older, it's like, oh, fuck, I love that tempo. Da, 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 you know, because some, somebody's got to buy this shit. This is mm-hmm. 1958. So you're not, this isn't like digital purchases or anything like that. Like, like we can look at now as to how something gets number No, one. they got to hear this. They got to physically walk into the record store and they got to buy it. And this inspired exactly that by giving them a hook. It it was absolutely hooky. The message was hooky. The music was hooky. Everything about it makes you want to be involved with it. Well, even their their whole shtick really was more about the performance of the piece than the piece itself, too. It they they did a whole bunch of these kind of gimmicky fun story songs that caught people's attention because they're fun to listen to. But then apparently the energy that they performed with on stage made them a must-see live act. Yeah, but you didn't know that then. So that wouldn't really necessarily propel them to number one. True. Yeah. There's something to it. Oh, well, I mean, picture this. You walk into uh, the record store looking to pick up a new LP or a 45 and this is playing in the background and it's it's gonna catch your ear like there's a reason why it's been on so many different movies and tv shows and what have you and we still all know like i don't know about the younger generation because i'm old now so i don't i don't know what they're what they're doing with their ticking talks and stuff but um (laughs) (laughs) but that being said you know if you if you wind up hearing this song, you're gonna want to be a part of it. You're gonna want to you know either um, check out the the, um, the the information on it or, or see the video or what whatever you know. You're gonna want to listen to it. And like I said, it's been in so many TV shows and movies and what have you. I mean, wasn't it was it oh John Candy movie um, Planes Trains wasn't it? Uh, I don't know if it was in that, but it was in uh, Twins. It was in Twins, yeah. Um, Thank out the pathless is the trash. Uh, the great outdoors, John Candy, Dan Aykroyd. That's the one. Okay. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say, I don't remember it in planes and planes trains. No, but. no, it was John Candy, Dan Aykroyd, great outdoors. Okay. I, I think also, too, if you're looking at a song in 58, just even the use of you ain't gonna rock and roll no more, you throw those words, then that has that has some meaning, not so much now. But I mean, rock and roll meant party. Mm-hmm. In the yep. it doesn't now, but it did then. 
Well, it was rock and roll music, and that's where it came from. And then, you know, the... the... Well, no, well, no, but I mean, like, just, you're right. But I mean, just those words had a connotation. Oh, yeah. Just like yeah. saying, you know, you're not going to go out with your hoodlum friends and stuff like that. You know, it's it's it was all about the the older generation disparaging the youth and and trying to get them to um... i don't i don't see disparaging i i see a very very typical interaction of parents and children of like do your bloody chores and like literally just do your chores i don't want to do my chores don't talk back to me like And then, like, threatening them. Well, you don't get to go hang out with your friends if you don't do your damn chores. So go mm-hmm. wash the dishes. I, I don't see anything anti-establishment or anything about it. It's actually very. It was. Yeah, it was. It was. It was rebellious for fifty-eight, absolutely. Because you know, you, yeah, you don't talk back to your parents. Teenagers always have and always will talk back to their parents. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting, and maybe this is just not really conspiracy theory, but their their next hit was Charlie Brown. Which they tried to copy the sound of this so closely. Yeah, but I mean, which was still a really good song song of its yep. time too. But then I thought, okay, yakety yak, don't talk back. Charlie Brown later on when it did become animated animated in terms of uh, television that is because uh, the Peanuts or the Phoenix gang already existed ahead of, ahead of this. There was no words to an adult. It's like yakety yak is essentially what, what the kid hears a, an adult here. Yeah. I'm sure there's no, this is just coincidental or not Alanis ironic, but still. <laughs> Actually ironic? Don't you think? Uh, but no, I, it was just something that I, I found kind of fascinating looking back on that. Like, I'm, I'm sure there was like nothing, there's nothing lineal to it, but it just happened to be interesting to me. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot going on in this little song that is pretty much like it's, if you hear it, it's just, it's, it's smile worthy. It's a bit of an earworm and you'll find yourself going, don't talk back, you know, when you're, when you're listening to it. I'd like to talk a little bit about the two nerdy Jewish dudes that are writing and writing for a black uh, band that also are then directing them in how to perform the music written for them by two nerdy white Jewish dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And what did th- someone said? It's like, it's like a white kids perspective of what a black kid thinks white life would be (laughs) okay so because i mean you think this is a very much very african-american group in terms of their looks and their image that they're giving off Mm -hmm. the music is not it's It's true it's almost a parody well, somebody had uh, like what was it? Yeah, back in back back in the eighties, Eddie Murphy even said, "You don't talk back to your parents because you'll you'll get a whooping." So what you're saying about you know black kids as to what they think white kids you know are are going to be acting like totally makes sense because even Eddie Murphy coming up in the probably would have been what late sixties, early seventies, uh, as he was coming up, he knew not to talk back to his parents. So you've got to figure you go back to fifty eight. 
even more so. Well, Will Smith talked back to Chris Rock. <laughs> oh, we're going to talk say about much. that. Oh, no, well, no, uh, we're going to do that after. And I just want to say, I was right. But anyway. We'll go. We'll go there later. We'll we'll, we'll go there later. All yeah, right. We'll, we'll go when, there after. when the recording stops. Okay. <laughs> no, if you can't say it on this, it's pretty bad. <laughs> no, it, it just doesn't fit in a lineal sort of thing. But anyway. Okay. Yeah. But yes, I mean these. You you've got two outsider groups. Outsider in quotation marks. There. I can't do air quotes because I've got a whiskey in the other hand. Um, but. Two outsider groups are basically writing a story about what, you know, suburban American life is going to be Middle like. class suburban life. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of interesting in that. I didn't get a suburban vibe from this. I mean, this is just essentially uh, do your shit or else. I mean, that's a middle class, low class, upper class thing to, to, in, in a lot of ways, is it not? I don't know about upper class. Upper class no. is tell the butler to do your shit. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Depends how you're being raised. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, and I don't know, to me, it really screams middle-class suburbia of like the 15 year old having to do some chores, but he's annoyed because his friends don't have to do chores. Cause they don't have to do like chores in the lower class. No, but it, I don't know. It they're just, waiting outside for him, and they're, they're, his parents are ragging on him to do this stuff, you know? When I was middle class, I had to do a bunch of shit. I'm sure, like, uh, I, I don't know that, like, this was, like, some generic stuff that I think sort of worked, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a, a, across the board. And, 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 and to what you said, Andrea, I mean, like, yeah, I can see why that would sort of be a perception, it's not my perception, but I, I I don't think that that's wrong, what they said. I mean, I can see where they're coming from. Well, two of us saw middle-class suburbia, so uh, you're wrong. Maybe that's just our privilege showing. Maybe it is. <laughs> we should have checked it before the show. Oh, yes. So what else, what else was interesting about the song? Did you guys go any deeper than I did and find uh, anything else more about this? Because Lieber and Stoller, I found, were interesting to begin with in just that they would churn out hits. Here's sort of like what I found interesting, not just so much about the coasters, but uh, so many of these doo-wop groups in general. You could take, this might sound awful, but you could take, okay, let's say it, like they, they hit this in 58, right? But none of these people, none of the coasters were necessarily individual stars, right? You didn't right. have the lead. So and from by the late 60s, only 10 years after, when they were still only in their 30s, they're already in the oldie circuit. Mm -hmm. So you could take any four guys who were black and in their 30s and say, here's the coasters. Mm -hmm. And it's not just them. You you could do that with almost any doo-wop group, black or white. Well, we had that on cruise ships, actually. Hmm? When when the coasters broke up, then they splintered off, and there were a few somewhat legitimate groups of them. But apparently, there were there were a whole bunch of of counterfeit coasters going out performing all over the place. That's my, that's my point, right? Because like this. You take that story is repeated with so many groups of that era. Yep. 
and again from with the black and the white group doo-wop groups like it just went because none of them necessarily became individual breakouts that you could just sort of like do that it's fascinating and sad to me if that makes any sense mm-hmm. no it does it absolutely does because mm-hmm. you know you've got these counterfeit coasters going around and profiting off of the work that these guys before them did well there was probably original coasters in each of those splinters that may well have been there there were and there weren't there were some that were completely not um there there was one one of the guys had the the rights to the name but he didn't really um he didn't really enforce it except for the people like the groups that didn't have any of the members in it. So they did they all get, kind of splintered out into a bunch of different groups. Did, did he get sort of screwed out of the name or did he just like have rights to the name and didn't know what to do with it? Because like, um, like so many groups in that era as we know. Legal rights to the name, Carl Gardner held the legal rights to it. Okay. So, but I mean, there was then various different splinter groups. And as I said, other totally counterfeit groups. But you think nowadays, so if you put a group of scantily clad women on stage yes, please. singing and called them the Pussycat Dolls, I would have no idea that they're not the Pussycat Dolls. Well, you I have just... to say the, the Pussycat doll, Dolls without Nicole Scherzinger. Scherzinger? Is that, do I have that? Yes, no. you're absolutely right. Okay. Yes, that was her name. She was my favorite Pussycat Doll. <laughs> well. <laughs> So what I'm saying is if it weren't for media and for the fact that it's very easy to find if someone's pretending to be a group, they're not. So many groups are still so generic these days that you well, never I think know. That's what the Spice Girls did right, is that they had the five individual personalities in the in the group. Wow, we went from the coasters to the Spice Girls. <laughs> With a brief interlude at the Pussycat Dolls. Yeah, briefly. But yeah, I mean, the Pussycat Dolls are just, at least, maybe it's my generation. um, And speaking from as an old person, um, you know, maybe I wouldn't have known who the Spice Girls were and it would have been on par with my ignorance about the Pussycat Dolls today. But but that's also with a lot of those doo-wop groups then. They weren't. They weren't individual. Yes, thank you. Yeah, and you didn't have video and what have you. I mean, okay, uh, Evan Nolan, Evan, who does the Hall of Fame show with me, we've joked that uh, if Daft Punk ever gets into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, we, him and I, we could go in as the winners. Like, how would they know it's not him and I? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they didn't, with the, with the groups like that, like the, it was, it was strange because you've got groups like this, like the Coasters, who have no individual personality. Then you've got the Beatles, the Monkees, the Jackson Five. They've they've all got their own. Like you can tell the difference between these guys. But that was also pre pre Beatles, right? So like in the late fifties. Yeah. So many of them, these doo-wop groups, like that was an issue that they sort of had, you know, when it came to that. So uh, great for anonymity, but crap for a solo career. Yeah. Um, also, too, let, let's just sort of be blunt when we look at how they sang together. It wasn't that, yeah, they sang in harmony, but was there it? There wasn't anything unique about it. It wasn't, um, their voices blended together very nicely, but 
pick four good singers with a strong baritone and you could have the same harmonies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing unique or um, specific that you could pick out as being, oh, that is that person. Yeah, whereas with the Jackson 5, they all had pretty unique voices, the ones that sang. Um, same thing with the Beatles. And, and more like little boys later, but anyway. Well, yeah, and the, the, the monkeys and what have you, you have the individual personalities in there, and they also it would focus on the individual singer on, on certain songs. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, I really enjoyed sort of lo- like looking back. I asked my dad who lived through this, well, what do you remember of this? Ah, they were coasters. So he was a lot of help. Yeah. Mm. Your dad is so often so helpful to this show. My dad is completely worthless <laughs> to this show. And I feel comfortable saying that because I know he doesn't actually listen to this. I'm your son. <laughs> and now it becomes a therapy session. It's all right, <laughs> Kirk. You're good enough. You're smart enough. And doggone it, people like you. I don't even think the people I do the show with like me, but anyway. <laughs> oh, we wouldn't be here if we didn't. Oh, that's yes, what she said. I was told to say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, back to the coasters. Did you see the interesting deaths that a few of them had? No. No. So King Curtis, the saxophonist, who wasn't technically a member of the coasters, but still was like sort of, um, got stabbed by junkies outside of his building. Oh. Um, Cornelius Gunter was shot to death while sitting in a Las Vegas parking garage. That's how I want to go. Nate Wilson, uh, one of Gunter's offshoot coasters groups, was shot and his body dismembered. That's how I want to (laughs) go. That was from a former manager. That's bullshit because you always told me you wanted to go out like David Carradine. (laughs) Autoerotic asphyxiation. In a hotel room. (laughs) <laughs> hanging from a necktie i am actually right now i'm living in a hotel room <laughs> <laughs> how convenient yeah. just don't do it in well, your wife's hotel shaven for this so like that way I, lo- I, I leave behind a nice corpse yeah live fast die young live good looking corpse as good looking as i can do two out of three ain't bad so oh but you got that baby face <laughs> For those of you listening to the podcast, Kirk does indeed have his baby face on today. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> do we have anything else interesting to say about the coasters or uh, yak yak? That's all I don't, don't I, I think this is just an awesome song. Uh, one of the greatest, I mean, I know I always, when I was reading back and everything, what a great novelty song. It's not. It is a rock and roll rebellious song that I don't want to say ahead of its time, but just perfect for its time. Oh, yeah. It's it's absolutely innocent compared to the rebellion songs of later. Yeah. Uh, I, I just think it's brilliant. That's what I think. Bradley, what do we have next? Ah, you have me not dropping the ball this week. <laughs> okay. I know. I thought I'd do something different. <laughs> mixing it up yeah it's the joys of add you know if it's not directly in front of me it doesn't exist and if it's not shiny you don't care yeah well no no my plants aren't shiny but i'm liking those that's a new little obsession (laughs) multiple trips to the garden store later 
Um, okay. he, actually means, so, he actually means plants, not herb. But anyway. No, like real live plants. Okay. Um, so I figured let's let's do something that could be interesting to uh, to dive into. Something that's going to take a bit of work on both of your parts so you can hate me later. And But I hate you now. Oh, well, you can hate me harder. Oh, okay. All right. Kirk is making an odd face, which leads to some innuendo being speculated on his part. What have you got for us, Brad? I have to get somebody to narrate the podcast, I think. Okay. Um, Close captioning. captioning. Or the, uh, the, the, yeah, the narration for the, yeah. the, yeah. Someone was telling me that they have that on porn. That you can like get a a like descriptive. <laughs> okay, now I'm not going to go so far as to say I'm an aficionado, but I am definitely an appreciator of certain art forms, and I've never seen that where it's narrated porn. He grabs her from behind and thrusts deeply. I mean, that's just a Danielle Steele novel now, basically. Now, now, yeah. now I want to see deaf porn. I'm sorry, this was my fault. Let's I'm get going back to send away. you an interesting link after the show, Kirk. I have a very interesting link for you after the show, and you are going to laugh your bag off at this one. I didn't will not be providing that link on this show. No, now, Brad, no, no. What, okay, what so have you got for us next week? Back to the actual point of it, speaking of ADD. Um, we're going to go back and we're going to look at Pink Floyd, Another Brick in the Wall, Part 2. Okay. Are you sure this one went to number one? Yes, I double and triple checked. That's the only one that did. I double and triple checked. We're going to go back and we're going to have a look at this one because... It's not the beginning of psychedelic rock. It's not the end of psychedelic rock. It's in the sweet spot. I think this means I'm going to have to watch The Wall. Oh, yes. Do you want to do it high? If I'm going to say no because mate, my family might be watching. If you don't eat watching. your mate, how can you eat your pudding if you don't eat your mate? <laughs> how can you have any pudding if you don't eat your meat? Uh, just brilliance all around. And uh, yes, and I next, wouldn't want to watch it high either. We'll find out if Andrea eats her meat. So we will. Uh... No. I do like me some pudding. Oh. oh. Or not. Or that's not innuendo. Oh I just, boy. Dessert is tasty. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> so hey, Kirk. I heard you wrote a book. I wrote Wait, a book. Did Kirk write a book? I wrote Good a book. I wrote a book. Uh, Chavo Guerrero instant classic. Check it out on Amazon.com. Uh, I'm pretty proud of it. It is actually the best book ever written about Chavo Guerrero Sr. by me. <laughs> so there's that. There's that going. Uh, hey, one of my other shows is now back. Wait, Kirk, you have other shows? I got a lot. I got other shows. There's you should a- tell us about them. There's a network. I have a myriad of shows. So if all of you listening... Conglomerate. Yes. Conglomerate. If you don't like me, well, you're kind of fucked, I guess, if you want to sort of like listen to all this shit that I do. But guess what's back? It's the... Black Street. 
back. Oh. Right. Um, <laughs> the classic sports review is back. Shady's back. Tell a friend. <laughs> the, cla- the classic sports review is the classic back. Classic sports review is is going to come back, and we're going to be looking at the first episode of the United States Football League. Wow. From 1983. Andrew, you remember that, right? Oh, vividly. Yes. I was glued to my chair. Yeah, it had well, to be. There was no other way I was going to watch it. Well, well, Glenn Pulowski, he's back from Antarctica, and we're going to be looking at that. So look for that in the next few weeks. Well, Chris Bernay and I, we do a bunch of shows, so we'll take a look at the sister show of technically this, which is the this crap was on national television. Well, on YouTube already, our episode of That 80 Show is, is there. Andrea wants to guest star on the next show, which will be uh, looking at the 1989 Oscars. Brad, are you going to be part of that, or you're not really sure? Um, Did someone get bitch slapped? I've never no. watched an Oscars. So, no? So, probably no. Okay. But get into crappy 80s TV, I'm there. Okay, so... Andrew will be part of that one when she comes back from sabbatical. And speaking of sabbatical, Brad and I will have a very special interlude coming up soon. That's sabbatical. I'm going to be away for two weeks. Heaven help these two on their own unsupervised. (laughs) Yeah, let's just say it might be something that we enjoyed with our hands in the mid-80s. But anyway. Visions of Samantha Fox are already dancing in my head. I had a naked poster of her on my wall, but anyway. Oh, I had the calendar. 12 glorious months of Samantha Fox's boobs. Uh, touch me, touch me. Oh. I want to feel your body. You know, that and the shaven face, Kirk? Mm, I'm thinking maybe <laughs> I like my bread buttered on the other side now. What? 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 What side of. <laughs> <laughs> just got awkward <laughs> awkwarder is that a word <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know what the fuck's going on here more they're awkward so anyways these two hooligans are going to be unsupervised for and two undressed. episodes well, next, um, maybe, and but... i take no accountability for what happens i'm sorry mm-hmm. yeah well, we're gonna have a special show it's gonna be special <laughs> And on that note, on that note, wherever you are, wherever you may be, stay safe. Take care, everyone. Bye.